Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Like, energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. But... Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lead Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE, uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by. Pat it looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little. No, my my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey, how the hell is everybody? Oh, Thirsty. slow motion, man. Thirsty Yo, Thursday. yo, yo, it's a power slot for me. Thirsty Thursday, all right. Just blurt it out, stun. Thirsty Thursday here on the Bucketeers. Tampa Tones here alongside some of the great Bucketeers here as we're settling in to our off-season schedule here, getting into the middle of the off-season, Mondays and Thursdays, coming at you live. Every night on Mondays and Thursdays for the duration of the offseason, about 6.15 Eastern time, look for us. And we always got a great task and group on deck. And we got a great group tonight. Some of the Bucketeers in the house. Gene makes his return. Gene, how the hell you doing, brother? Long time no talk. Hope all is well with you, my friend. Oh, man. It's just from last week, man. Here we are doing it again, man. And getting closer and closer to the draft, which puts us closer to regular season and just every day that goes by it's just a better day as we get close to it as we got jonas steckler saying go bucks yes sir and you can catch us live right now on the bucketeers youtube on bucks life llc facebook along with buck what you heard youtube as well i believe and then you could catch the instant replay on apple spotify google and all the other outlets as well here on the bucketeers but great to have gene back we're gonna get into gene's Hot seat challenge once again this week. We got into it last week and it led to a lot of good discussion. So I'm very much looking forward to where seeing where it goes this week with Mr. JLo on the hot seat. And speaking of the man, the myth, the legend himself, JLo in the house. JLo, how the hell are you, brother? Welcome back. I could see you today. I'm sure I could hear you better today. Um, good to have you back, brother. Good to be back. Sorry about the whole technical difficulties, you know. You gotta love the cell phone life when you, when you do the pod. No, it's the heart, hustle, and muscle that counts, brother. Just glad you were able to make it. I'm always just messing with you. And uh, Mondays was a lot of fun. We had some good discussions, me, you, and Stunna. You know, we did some good things and thought some good thoughts. Stunna, isn't that right? I know you blurted something out earlier. Are you still floating in space over there? Yeah, 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 man. St. Pete, East Tampa, worldwide, nationwide. You heard? Stunna's got some um, Twitter lady to take care of, as Gene pointed out earlier. <laughs> that was hey, epic. she better be paying, man. I I, I don't like no brocos now. <laughs> there's wait, there's so many bots nowadays. You know, every time you put a post out, it's some crazy ass comment on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you call it. But here we are, and it's the Bucketeers here. We got a lot to talk about, actually. We got an expanded coaching staff. We got a pass game coordinator hired, so that's interesting. Again, we got Gene's Hot Seat Challenge 
That'll be a lot of fun. We got the GM cap game, but throwback Thursday edition. Everyone will get $10 on some legends this time around from the years past in the Bucks. That'll be interesting to see and a whole lot more here on the Bucketeers. But I just want to get started, fellas. We did have some uh, decent-sized news today. You know, nothing incredibly big, but we did hire a pass game coordinator, a man with an interesting background. And before we get into him and his background, and all that stuff. MK says, what's up, people? As Jonas said, nice background, Gene. MK says, what's up, people? Hit that damn like button. It's free. Yep, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Turn the notification bell on, whether you're watching on Bucketeers or Buck What You Heard. But I just did want to start with this quick, fellas. Franchise tag window did open. That means any given minute, anybody could get franchise tagged. Antoine Winfield is a likely candidate for the Bucks too. Gene, how quick do you think this comes together if you think it comes together. I mean, I think we've heard reports right before Monday's show in the midst of Monday's show, if the Bucks use it, it will be on Winfield most likely. So uh, what's that's, your thoughts on that, Gene? That's the most logical move right there is to go ahead and get him locked down. I didn't think that Antoine Winfield Jr. would go anywhere. Uh, he has been a very important part of that defense uh, since day one, basically. And uh, – He's exceeded all expectations considering where he was drafted at. I just think that that's going to be the move. And um, I do want to say this because it's very irritating. Year after year, Jason Light uh, gets doubted about what he's doing and when it's supposed to happen. And in my opinion, he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't let us down. You know, as if we, if we go back, let's, let's, we could start at uh, 2019 and just go forward. Um, Again, you know, is learning on the job and that kind of thing. But what he's done so far, um, he's gotten people back. He's gotten people paid. And, you know, he's he's done what he's needed to do to keep this team competitive. And I think that's the, the main thing that we need to focus on. I think that it will happen. I believe that, you know, with Mike Evans being the crown jewel of the Jason Light era, the one guy that he can say, hey, this guy was the greatest wide receiver in Buck's history, and I'm the one that brought him here. I, I have to believe that he's really – it's important to get him back. So I, I don't have any doubt that they will do something to to make that happen, and I think it'll come within his own time. So I'm not really stressing about it too much because I think that, you know, in his time, regardless of cap room, Jason Light's done an amazing job and kept his team competitive. Yeah, and I think you and I – and. The Bucketeers in general are some of the bigger Jason Light fans out there, and there's no reason not to be right. I even heard a story about him, and G makes a great point on Mike Evans so much more, and that was Jason Light's first draft pick. So you know that's his true crush. That's his true love. He doesn't – you know, you never want to see your love skip town and yeah. put on another man's shirt and, you know, be like that. But um, I will say this. I heard a hilarious story uh, on Ronnie and T. Krabs earlier about how cool of a guy Jason Light is. Tom Krasnicki, WDAE, texted Jason Light. He was having some family issues. Tom Krasnicki, rest in peace to his father. He lost him, but pretty much he lost track of Jason Light's birthday because of that, and he texted Jason Light a couple days ago, hey, happy birthday, and Jason Light was still having light with the Cam Jordan moment telling T. Krabs, don't worry, I don't take receipts on birthdays, pretty much saying, <laughs> hey, you know, I've only taken receipts on the things that matter, like the Cam Jordan instance. Yeah. But, J-Lo, what are your thoughts on that quick, Jason Light, and kind of allude to what Gene was saying with 
Mike Evans and the tag being obvious for Winfield is MK says 1 million subs on the way. Well, um, it might be 30, 25 by that time, but we appreciate it. Should we call Chris Connie to see, um, didn't we do that last year? Oh, wait, no, that was Ryan Neal. I forgot. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep. 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 Mike will fit. Yep. 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 More of that. And then MK, we should trade for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that sounds great. Seventh round pick for Mahomes. <laughs> Sign me up if possible. JLo thoughts on some of the, uh, hilarious comments. We got some comedians in the house tonight. Shout out to MK. And then, uh, just thoughts on what Gene said in general. We, we alluded to it Monday as well. The Winfield franchise tag factor. Yeah, it's obvious Winfield is going to get tagged. There's more other people we need to resign first, I feel like. And I feel like Winfield Jr. will be the easiest one to tag and probably save the most out of the cap space. Because if, if you franchise tag Mike, it's 28 mil on the cap, and they're not going to do that. And then Baker, I believe, like in the 30, like 37 mil, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which they're not going to do that. You know, I trust the front office. And I know what they're, they know what they're doing. I feel like they're going to bring everybody back. Fans are being jumpy and testy, you know, listening to all these Bozo Panther fans saying, Mike's going to go to the Panthers because of Dave Canales bullcrap. Okay, whatever you say. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was always going to be Anton Winfield Jr. And you never know. They could find a, they can come to conclusion on a contract extension by the time training camp starts, just like they did with Chris Godwin, I believe. Godwin got tapped for the second time. That's what it always reminds me of, Godwin's situation. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and the good thing is that, you know, these are prima donnas here that we're trying to bring back. We're bringing about players that want to play here. Yeah. You know, that's another way you need to look at it. You don't see Antonio Winfield Jr. going off on social media saying, oh, they're going to tag me. Oh, just great. Blah, blah, blah. No. He's focused on trying to win football games. And that's the kind of players I want here in Tampa. I want players I want to win. Yeah. Not complaining about the money, who's got the bag. And we all know how Mike Evans is. He's going to be quiet. He's going to do his thing. You know, he's working out. I saw his post on Instagram. He's working out. So so is Levante David as well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not stressing one bit about it. I'm not even losing sleep over it. I just know yeah. that it's going to be a process. And you got to ignore all the social media hype over the bullcrap because Mike, Mike, to me, is going to resign. I think he's going to be a buck for life. I agree with the comments below on that. Um. Baker Mayfield, obviously, this rock, this whole coaching staff built for him. And you know it's what's interesting? You know what's interesting as well. I think a lot of Bucks are kind of waiting for the Mike Evans situation to form, waiting for it to take place, fellas. Because uh, Ronnie and T. Crash shouting them out a lot today. They also had Levante David on their show. He was supposed to be on in the afternoon. Something happened with his passport. I don't know what the hell happened. As our man Neil says, "What it do?" And Cleveland me says, "Finally." Gene has come back to Tampa. Bucketeers, buck what you heard, reunite. But uh, Levante David was on today. And, Stun, I want to get your take on this on Gene's. Levante David said they asked him. They were straight up with him. They said, have you been talking to the Bucks? Have you been talking to Jason Light? What's it like out there? We've seen your workout video the other day. And Levante David said, hey, trust me. Me and the Bucks trust each other. They got a couple other things to figure out before they circled the meet. So it literally sounds like Levante knows the plan. They're going to try and attack Baker, obviously. Mike Evans, obviously. Franchise Winfield, obviously. And when all that's said and done, Levante 
he's not going to be looking anywhere. He's going to be waiting for the Bucks to call and literally see what cap they have to offer him. Uh, Stunned thoughts on that, my friend. And uh, Jason Light is Gene and I and JLo. And you allude to, man, he does a hell of a job. Him and you can't discount Mike Greenberg, John Spytek, and all those yeah. guys. Yeah, man, it's uh, Levante David is uh, is uh, everybody in our area and, and our fandom is a Hall of Famer. He gets uh, slided, slept on, etc., by the national media because you know Tampa Bay being the market that we are. But they got to quit hating on my boy and give him his props. Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor, Levante David, give this man his, his flowers. And if you put his stats, Gene, right up next to Bobby Wagner's and you blinded out the names, you know, you blindfolded. It's kind of like a taste test, right? When, you know, you put the cheap food out there and you put the expensive food out there, you blindfold the soldier. You're like, hey, let me know how that tastes. And they don't know what they're tasting. If you put Levante David's stats and Bobby Wagner's stats side by side, everybody would go, oh, they're pretty dang similar players or the one might even be better. And, you know, they'd be pointing to Levante David, if anything, Gene. But since Bobby Wagner won that Super Bowl with the beloved Seahawks defense, you know, and he has a couple more Elkalads, he's the one who always gets all the chirp and all the notoriety and all that stuff. Again, uh, I say this all the time. This is why I listen to podcasts. I don't mess with the national media. Uh, the way they discount small market teams is just criminal, pretty much. Um Levante David, when you put his numbers next to Luke, next to Luke Keekley's, I mean, Levante David was balling out. I mean, he's up there with a lot of your higher tier uh, linebackers, but he doesn't get the love that they get. Uh, same with Jason Light. Jason Light should have been in the conversation for, you know, last year being one of the best architects for what he put together, you know, a, a team that's 80 something million dollars, you know, in the cap under the cap above the cap and he takes a team to the uh, playoffs they get a playoff win and they lose a close win going on going into the next round um i think what he's continued to do it continues to be overlooked and i have to and not being biased i would have to put jason light top top three uh general managers in the nfl and i and it's not a you know when you look at who he's drafted who he's brought in players that didn't work out uh, you look at his overall body of work, you have to put him up there. So um, I trust the process, and I'm just waiting to see what it comes down to. And, you know, uh, funny side story, we lost a lot of followers, um, a lot of listeners on Buck What You Heard because I wouldn't badmouth Jason Light. I said, I want to see his body of work. He was drafting people that people didn't like, and they're like, oh, man, why are you, are you going to say anything about this? What am I? What do I need to say? Let's let these guys play and see what their career comes out to before you speak on how Jason Light is done. Yeah, and I can't believe people were bad-mouthing you on following you for that. A, we're podcast people. We're going to have our opinion. You know, we're not a four-letter network that gets paid to all talk the same, that gets paid to all think the same. We have our opinions. Gene yeah. I and J-Lo and Stunna could disagree right now, and at the end of the day, you think we're gonna go and follow each other? You think we're gonna? That, that to me, that's the beauty of sports, right there, is that you can have differing opinions. Yep. And and I it, it sports is supposed to take you away from the the humdrum daily weekly mess that you go through, and it's supposed to give you an outlet to where you can just be away from all that and and enjoy things. So to me, I don't know. I don't. That's why I don't get caught up in politics. 
I don't get caught up in a lot of the social media stuff, but I do enjoy talking sports with people. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, J-Lo, I want to get your thoughts on that quick, and then, fellas, we're going to get into the pass game coordinator. What? If you're listening out there, you're thinking, what the hell? Bucks have a pass game coordinator? Well, suddenly, I guess we do, and nobody reported on it until the ink hit the paper today. J-Lo, thoughts on what Gene said? I couldn't agree more. You know, that's what makes sports beautiful. You could have, you know, the same opinions, different thoughts, but at the end of the day, you're all there for the same reason. It's like it's like a family barbecue. You're gonna have your disagreements, and you know, you can either talk it out and be an adult, or you know, just have you keep your own opinion. Yep. You know, I don't I don't go and judge people on their opinion. That's fine. I might joke with them just to kind of poke at them just a little mm. bit, but you know, but for the most part, I'm not gonna, you know, let no one dictate and tell me, you know, about my opinion. If you want to follow me, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm hurt. Gene, by the way, I don't, I don't agree with you. I'm going to follow you. <laughs> hey, i tell you what you do. You keep those receipts. Oh, yeah. Always, always. <laughs> as far as Jason Light goes, you know, it's like a marriage. You know, I hate him then I love him for a while. You know, it just took some time, patience. And But that one in fire, no. You know, you got to give the man time. Teams got to give their coach and GM time to put a team together. And if it's not together by the third or fourth year, then okay, maybe you can question it. But don't be like these lame Panther fans and the owner, you know, judging their coach after like this what, like six, seven games before they cut him loose. But at the end of the day, fans are going to be fans. And sometimes it's hard to like other Bucks fans. It's hard to like them because, you know, they want to judge and pick on our team. You know, mm-hmm. they want to judge, you know, they want to put judgment on Rich Stroud with his reporting, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't let the I don't let those people dictate that anymore. You know, I'll throw my little comments in there about their you know about predictions. Oh, Mike's gone. Oh man, the whole world's going upside down. Mm. Whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, to- everybody has their own opinion, and that's what's beautiful. And Bucks Twitter, all the NFL Twitters are all the same. Sometimes speaking of the same, every Thursday we're gonna do Gene's Hot Seat Challenge, and we're gonna switch off members of the Bucketeers to take the throne of the hot seat. Today, J-Lo's ass will be on fire on the hot seat. Last week, it was mine. Next week, maybe it'll be Stunna, Huncho, Cats, Bucko, whoever might join. And that's coming up next. And then we're going to get into GM Cap Game Throwback Thursday edition. This one will be fun. Only defensive players for the Bucks with the budget and the prices and all that stuff. But now, briefly, we are going to get into the Bucks' new coach I added today. Um, new position coach as well pass game coordinator the bucks haven't had this the past you know so many seasons it's been a while but we did expand our coaching staff today under liam cohen who's been making a lot of hires of late we did uh enter a pass game coordinator and j-lo and i were advocating for jake Peets for a while to be wide receiver coach slash pass game coordinator but i'll take this hire all day and you know he doesn't have the wide receivers coach title as well Allman pretty much said the rest of the staff may look the same after this hire was announced, but we did hire Josh Grizzard, the young man, only 33 years old, from Lizard Lick, North Carolina. How about that? Hell of a hometown name. And he's had a pretty fun coaching career to this point. Again, another young, innovative mind from the Dolphins coaching staff. So now we got a guy from the McVay tree. Now we got a guy from the McDaniel tree. Or, well, we got multiple McVay guys. As Carberry was a McVay guy as well. We have Tom Moore. 
this offense is going to look innovative. It's going to look crazy. Our coaching staff, very excited about this hire as well. And then the other pod, if you guys missed that one last episode, we talked about the couple new coaching hires as well. Kevin Carberry, Brian Picucci, go check out that. So we keep adding great guys to the staff. But just a little quick background before we get Gene's opinion on the hire. Josh Grizzard actually played football at Yale, so a smart guy as well. He was a defensive back at Yale. Always loved those Harvard guys. Like if, or not Harvard. Not Ivy League. Harvard, Ivy League. Yeah, that, that goes to show I did not go to an Ivy League school. <laughs> but, uh, no, Ivy League, correct. We had um, Cam Bray. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, we had a couple of very successful, smart football players who played in these schools before. Maybe he could be another one of those guys as a coach this time, not as a player. Then right away, he went from playing at Yale to being a student assistant coach at Yale. Then he went to Duke to be a grad assistant and quality control coach. Then he was with the Dolphins the rest of his days, 17 and 18. In 2019, he was quality control coach, 20 to 21 wide receivers coach, and 22 and 23 quality control coach. Interesting to see him flip back and forth. And now he is our pass game coordinator. Harvard, Jonas says. Gene, thoughts on the hire? I really like this hire for multiple reasons, and it sounds like we're going to retain Thad Lewis as well. But the key to the offense outside of Tom Moore, who never gets old, he's the ageless wonder, but we're bringing youth to the staff, and we're putting a lot of guys in place for, hey, just in case we have a great year again, like we did last year, we don't want to be on our fourth OC in four seasons if Liam Cohen gets poached. Let's put enough guys around him in-house where we can just promote. Give him a Thad Lewis again. Give him, you know, a Grizzard again. Give him a Carberry. Give him Van Dam again, who it sounds like we're going to retain. I like what we're doing here, Gene. It seems like we're not only fighting for this year, but we're setting ourselves up for success in the future as well. Yeah, it, it's been my my gripe going back to 2009 that there was never any consistency. Uh, player Coaches would come, co- coaches would leave, and uh, that was always a, a frustrating factor for me. And I look at the quarterbacks that we've had. I look at some of the offenses that we've run here, and it's just frustrating. You know, you your, your turnover was so atrocious that, you know, you couldn't build anything. And now here you have Jason Light and his – his theme has always been consistency, and we've seen that. Uh, even when Lovey left and Dirk Cutter came in, they tried to keep some semblance of consistency. And the one thing that I do like is how they've they've continued to do that. You lose a Dave Canales and some different pieces that goes over to Carolina, and they manage to find somebody that fits in with a Baker Mayfield and making him feel comfortable coming back and you know, he understands the playbook is just different terminology. And I do want to shout out Jordan Somerville, uh, yeah. a real, you know, a good friend of mine who's uh, one of the assistants, uh, assistant quarterbacks coaches who uh, came over with Dave. He came from Oregon, but he came over with Dave Canales and he ended up staying here. And he's part of this uh, Buck staff too. Very young mind, very innovative. He's somebody that you have to really look for you know, in the future, I think eventually he will be a coach. And that's my, that's my hot take for this month. Uh, but honestly, all, all joking aside, I do believe that he's going to be somebody to look for as he continues to grow in this organization. So I'm, I'm happy with the moves. I love the consistency. Um, again, something I've been beating the drum for for years 
and now we're getting to actually see it. And I'm, I hope not to be spoiled by it, but I, I look for this consistency uh, for years to come. And, Gene, I think that's a great point, mentioning Jordan Somerville. A, I think he's going to be a brilliant coach one day. And, B, just in case, say something – Tad Lewis got offensive coordinator interviews this year. There's no telling if he might get poached or not next season as well. Maybe he gets an OC gig next year. Jordan Somerville can continue to learn. He could continue to grow. He's our assistant quarterbacks coach, another young, vibrant mind in the game. He could easily slot into that quarterbacks coach next year role if need be. And he could promote some continuity as well. So I think he's going to continue to grow. I think that's a great point. It's awesome how, um, you know, you have close tabs with him as well. That'd be cool to do a deep dive into his background one day on an upcoming pod, kind of get a Jordan Somerville episode. I do like getting into the coaching staff. Some people always ask me, why do you get so much into these assistants? Because these assistants become the future of the National Football League coaching if they succeed. You see guys Yo. who are assistant low on coaches all the time, and um, they really grow into big-time meaningful roles, and that's what's beautiful to see. Coach Stunna, thoughts on the hire today of the Bucks pass game coordinator, Mr. Grizzard? I like it. Like I said, we got to we gotta, uh, beat the 49ers, beat the uh, Detroit. That's, that's where we're aiming to beat. So anybody that has success against those two organizations, we got to go with. Now I gotta go. Uh, I got St. Pete uh, Dolphins practice out here. Don't forget, I got my tournament this weekend. Forty-six teams from around the nation wow. are going to be right here in Seattle, man. St. Pete, Florida. They're coming from all over. So we're Fifty-fourth uh, Avenue South at two seventy-five. Come on out, check us out. Got the best barbecue in town, Wright's Barbecue. Uh, got Peter Blake going to be out there doing interviews. It's going to be slamming and jamming. Thanks for the time, fellas. That's a great call, Stunna. You enjoy that, and thanks for helping coaching the youth and keeping him in the game of football. And Peter Blake, that's a good one for interview. So, Stunna, be safe, take care, and, uh, you know, have fun with those uh, dudes out there on the gridiron. You know it. As uh, We come on, we come on, we come to party, we come to win. Bucket tears for life, you heard? Absolutely, Coach Stunna. You take care out there. That's Coach Stunna. Um, promoting the good word as always. J-Lo, thoughts on the new coach? I bet you, well, I think, well, actually, I know. So you're a fan of this hire, I believe, correct? And kind of just thoughts on Jordan Somerville as well. It's a good hire. I mean, the man's got plenty of experience, seven years in the Dolphins organization, being the receivers coach, being under two other coaches before. I like the resume. I think it's a good hire. And plus, he's learned a lot underneath um, the Dolphins head coach. I keep forgetting his name. Sorry. but um, Mike McDaniel. Thank you. Mike McDaniel. Just remember him as the e-vape guy. <laughs> uh, that is a goofball. But, you know, he's a good I coach. I love that guy, man. No, but... I do, too. I think he's a good coach. I can't hate knock him. But the fact that we brought somebody from his, you know, from his coaching tree, where he came from, to help, you know, open up the passing game more, I feel like. I'm looking forward to see – how his brain and Lee and Cohen's brain come together on a game plan against teams. Cause we got a tough schedule coming up. We got a bunch of good teams coming to Tampa and we, and we're going to some other houses too. But, um, I like, I, like I really, for, I really want to go to Bucks Panthers and see Canales come to our town and just get ran over next year. I don't know why oh. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, oh God, man. <sighs> he, I mean, people keep saying he's got advanced cause he knows our defense. Well, <laughs> we know his offense. So, I mean, yeah. it's a two-way street. I don't know. I, you know, 
it, it's funny. I'm I'm glad you brought that up too. Um, just Canales, the way he, the cadence. I guess the cadence is the, is a good word. The way he called plays at at certain times uh, is something he needs to learn from. And and again, I don't know. Now that he's running the whole team, it's going to be a whole different scenario than just calling plays on offense. I mean, you got to worry about special teams. You got to, you have to have your hand in every pot, so to speak. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I personally, I, I hate it when people stay in our division. Uh, it, it frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, and, and so just seeing this guy, I don't want him to succeed. And I know that sounds petty, but you know, he stayed, he stayed within the <laughs> NFC South. I, I don't want him to succeed. And I don't think Bryce Young is all that good either. So there's that. And I think that, you know, he's getting sold a false bill of goods. I agree. Well, plus, he's not, not to cut you off, but he ain't got the talent over there. Who's his, who's going to be best player? Bryce Young? Mm-hmm. I mean, he ain't had the talent like he did here in Tampa. There's going to yeah. be no Mike Evans to throw the ball to, even though his Panther fans are rooting for him to come. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and then also he doesn't have the offensive line that we have. I mean, the you got a psychotic, you got a psychotic owner that he's out of his mind. Oh, I'm man. gonna look to bring my dudes on from a Panthers pod. They do a nice job over there, primetime Carolina. They're called. I'd love to pick their brain. Um, Gene, I know you have a Panthers buddy as well. You've had on a couple of your programs. So as we inch closer to the season, I'd love to kind of do like not all 32 teams, obviously, but try and get as many friends of the show or, you know, fellow potters out of any team out there, AFC or NFC, as we ramp up closer to the season, especially if you're on the Bucks schedule. I'd love to get kind of a primer and a feel for them. And not only that, leading up to the NFL draft, I'd love to kind of do a team mock draft as well where we go live for an hour and a half, do three minutes of pick, bring these contributors or, you know, podcasters in and out and kind of have them run the show. That'd be cool a little bit is we got Christopher Cole saying, Hey guys, we got Richard saying good afternoon, everyone listening from LA. Awesome. 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 Who are some of your favorite free, uh, free agents from other team bucks should go after? That's a good question. You might find some of that out in the hot seat challenge coming up here in a minute, but we do have Elmo Nito and kind of through bright joining on Facebook as well. And as we get a little closer to free agency, we are going to dip a little bit more into free agency, Richard. So be on and, the lookout for the what's up, speaking team? speaking of free agency, uh Matt Ariza just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. The punt god, so the punt god is gonna be the chief. Uh the rich keep getting richer, huh? Because their punter is a free agent, so that's a good point, Gene. And this kid got screwed out of the gate. Um, you know, long story short, some allegations popped up. I'm not a detective. I'm not gonna get too much into him with the legal stuff, but pretty much the kid seemed to get the short end of the stick. Glad that he's able to get a second chance. And, hey, what a team to give him one. Hey, it's a Kansas City Chief. Like, gosh, I mean, man, they just get all the breaks, it seems. Yeah. But anyways, Richard, uh, we're going to get into a lot of free agency stuff and so much more as time goes on. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I know it's a cliche answer, but I really need to see if we re-sign Baker, we re-sign Mike and we, you know, take care of business before we talk about other teams personally. But if anyone has anyone in mind, feel free. But that's just where I stand. Take care of our in-house guys. Then we'll pivot to out-of-house. I think that's that's based on what Jason Light has done. He's taking care of the players that are within the organization first. 
before you start looking outside of the organization. You saw that Baker Mayfield came in after all the other moves had been made. So um, it's going to be kind of tough to even look to, to even begin to look at that until you kind of see who all uh, Jason signs and who all uh, he lets walk. Yeah, because that could change completely, right? Just say, and not going to happen, I, so don't clip this, but say breaking news tomorrow came out, Baker Mayfield refuses to sign with the buck. Well, today we might not say QB, but next thing you know, maybe, hey, bring in this veteran QB. So it could all change in the coming weeks, days, moments. I mean, we could see a re-signing happen any moment. J-Lo, do you agree with Gene and I? And I think Gene makes a great point. Jason Light has a great track record of saying, hey, I'm going to take care of my guys, and I'll let you do what you want to do as well. If you want to go test the market, feel free. You won't hurt my feelings, but just know you could circle back like Jamel Dean did, like Levante David did, and a couple of other veterans back to Tampa. No, I'm in the same boat. I really don't want to make any predictions on free agency or even the NFL draft or anything like that. Like mock draft. I got to see what the Bucks do first. I got to see who they bring back. I'm with you on that one. Let me see who they bring back, and then we can start talking, you know, about other people we can go after out there as far as that goes. I mean, believe me, I've been messing around with the mod drafts a little bit, looking at free agency and stuff. But right now, until I see what light does with our own guys, I can't really pick one right now. And, Gene, we are going to get into Gene's hot seat challenge here in a minute, but I just thought you would think this is fun as well, Gene. We kind of – I don't know how someone – brought up the topic of XFL and USFL on last uh, show on Monday night. And we kind of had fun, J-Lo, Stunna, and I. We did a thing. You can't pick the same team or a team as somebody else. But we kind of declared our quote-unquote UFL teams for this season. And I'll run through them quick. Um, for In the USFL conference, you got Birmingham Stallions, Houston Roughnecks, Memphis Showboats, and Michigan Panthers. In the XFL conference, you got Arlington Renegades, DC Defenders, San Antonio Brahmas, and St. Louis Battlehawks. JLo took the Battlehawks because of Anthony Beck, former Bucks tight end. Stunna picked um, Birmingham Stallions because Skip Holtz, South Florida's old coach at Tampa Tie. And then I picked the DC Defenders because they have Bucks Super Bowl champion Reggie Barlow as their head coach. So before we get to your hot seat challenge, I'll put you on the hot seat momentarily. <laughs> Out of these are the teams you have left. Houston Roughnecks, coached by Curtis Johnson. Memphis Showboats, coached by John D. Filippo, who not too long ago was the head coach, potentially. Uh, Michigan Panthers, coached by Mike Nolan, good old Mike Nolan. Arlington Renegades, coached by Bob Stoops. Or San Antonio Brahmas, coached by the great legendary Wade Phillips. Oh man, this is a tough one here. Um, I think I may go with let me jump in there with Stunna and just go with uh Birmingham. You're gonna go Birmingham with Stunna? Yeah. yeah. With the big skip holtz. I you know, it, it's it's just fun. I don't know, it's it's nostalgic to me because um because the bandits aren't on here, you know, and you know, that would have been so cool if they could have got the Tampa Bay Bandits in here like the old USFL days. Um, I don't know. The Birmingham Stallions are the are the only team that I could really think of that I they were halfway decent, I guess, and you know they were kind of fun to watch. So yeah, I'm I jump back, jump on, and they're close to Florida, so there's that. 
Yeah, so there we go. We're all representing Florida some way. You got Stunna and Gene with Birmingham. They're close to Florida. They got Skip Holtz, Southern Florida's old coach. J-Lo's got the Battlehawks. And then I got um, the D.C. Defenders. And it's really weird to me how at one point, before we do get to the Hot Seat Challenge, you had XFL provided the Vipers. They're gone. And then you had the USFL brought back the Bandits for like a season. Now they're gone again. It's like Tampa went from having one team to three teams back to one team. They can't decide if they want to keep a secondary team in Tampa. But without further ado, we're going to hand the floor over to Mr. Gene now with his hot seat challenge. And J-Lo, good luck, buddy. I think uh, your seat's about to get hot. Just remember, there's only there's no wrong answer. So you always got to remember. So. um. Let's see. We who's gonna be? Let's see who's got the timer here. You got the timer. Yep. And I'll put some. I'm gonna start doing a little bit of background music lightly for this as well. Let's get it going here. <laughs> that'll that'll that just should relax you. <laughs> J Lo, there you go, man. There you go. So, all right. So how this works? I'm gonna ask the question, and then once I ask the question, then the clock will start. Okay. And are you ready? Do it. Ready with the timer? One minute, right? One minute. Yes, sir. I am ready. Here we go. The signing of Raheem Morris is the biggest offseason move for the NFC South buy or sell. Buy. Joe Burrow's comeback player of the year, buy or sell. Buy. The Atlanta Falcons are a quarterback away from competing in the NFC South, buy or sell. Mm, buy. Jim Harbaugh, coach of the year, buy or sell. Bye. No Belichick, New England Patriots, contenders or pretenders? Pretenders. Miami Dolphins must win it all this year, buy or sell? Mm. Bye. Detroit Lions, contenders or pretenders? Contenders. Jason Light or Rich McKay, who you got? Jason Light. Carolina Panthers, contenders or pretenders? Pretenders. And Dominican Sue, best 93 in a Bucks uniform, buy or sell? Bye. Bye, bye, bye. All right. What's the timer, man? Eh. So you, you got in under time. Yeah, you do some tough ones. <laughs> you had like one second to spare as soon as Gene asked. That was a legitimate because it started at 42 seconds on the minute. And as soon as Gene goes, what's the timer? Eh. <laughs> like, like literally the one that got me the most was probably the 93 because you know yeah. I know some people had their opinion on Jerry McCoy I do I did like Jerry McCoy when he was and Kevin here. Carter I think was 93 as mm-hmm. well yeah yeah but you know you know you know we need a we need a villain man we need a Bane we didn't need no Batman we need a Bane yeah. we need a, a nasty guy to go in there and just take anybody out necessary and now the Dominican Sue no and I'm sorry Jeremy. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, but I can think of plays. I can think of fumble recoveries. I can think of him slamming uh, Aaron Rodgers. He was my 93 when he slammed Aaron Rodgers to the ground, and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. got up crying. I mean, that's my guy right there. I mean, so many memorable events within a short period of time. And, you know, he was just a quiet leader. And mm-hmm. people respected him, and they listened to him, and they wanted to play, you know, they wanted to play with him. So, that was my he's my 93. 
And Gene, as you pointed out on Twitter or X the other day as well, again, whatever you want to call it. We're calling it Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. We'll just go with Twitter. We're, OGs, Twitter we're all OGs here. We're calling it Twitter. That's like the Sears Tower in Chicago. I still refer to it as that. You know, the White Sox Park, I still call it Comiskey from back in the day. But on Twitter, Gene did repost, and uh, we reposted it on the Bucketeers. So either go to Buck What You Heard or Bucketeers on Twitter, and you'll see it. But Andamic and Sue also does a great job with, off, well, not just off-season, but in-season threads on Twitter with advice on how to finance your money and how to be a better person, pretty much. And a lot of people um, get the wrong misconception of Sue, you know, they see a couple plays or they see some clickbait and they want to assume he's this big bad guy, but off the field, he's really a hell of a human being and a really smart fella as well. Um, he's a cool ass dude and I'm really glad he was a buck. As soon as he became a buck, uh, I got an endemic and Sue long sleeve shirt custom made uh, because Chicago, you know, it's often chilly in this neck of the woods. So why not get a long sleeve? But I even ran into him. It was Bucks Lions back in the day when he was on Detroit ran into him in the hotel after he was saying hi to people after a loss, just a cool dude. And Dominic and Sue, I think he'd yeah. go number 93. I think an interesting one was before we get to the throwback Thursday GM cap game, that dolphins one was intriguing to me yeah. because it's really their third year under Mike McDaniel, but we know the son of fell revolving door, how oh, fast yeah. things go, how the pace goes. And that division I mean, Rodgers is old. You got to wonder when he's done, probably after this year or the next, Jets will be in the same spot. They're going to need a quarterback again, blah, blah, blah. Patriots, it might take them three to four years to get a legit contender out there. They're going with the new head coach. They're going to give him all the time in the world, but it could take him a while. And then you got Buffalo, who can't get over the hump. It's now or never for Miami to me this year. They got to really make the next step. And, Gene, I think that's a great question as well because – if they want to take that next step, they really got to be a top two, maybe three, but I'm even saying top two seed in the NFC because they're one of the teams, and it's way worse than the Bucks. Them in Jacksonville and Dallas, to me, are probably the three biggest teams. When I think of them going to cold weather, I just think of them not being able to be competent on the field. Um, and Miami might lead that pack. So this, to me, if they don't make a playoff run this year, at least to the AFC, you know, if they win a playoff game and have an epic loss in the divisional round, they might be okay. But if they don't get to at least a championship round barring something epic, I think Tua could be in trouble. I think McDaniel could be in trouble. And I love that. You know, I love those guys. But, hey, maybe that's why Gilbert came to the Bucks as well. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you, we, and this is what prompted the question. I was listening to a, a Miami Dolphins podcast, and the guy was saying – Baker Mayfield is better than Tua Tungavaloa. Hmm. And he just broke down all these stats. And he said the guy is a lot more resilient and uh, he can read defenses. And he just broke down all this stuff. And I really believe that, you know, Tua, the Dolphins win despite Tua. Right. And and uh, if Tariq Hill is not on the field, I mean, Tua is a totally different quarterback. And so you, you really you really need to upgrade it at the quarterback position. I think after what is it four years in the NFL, you a player is who he is. You see who he is. We saw that with Jameis Winston. We saw that with Trent Dilfer. We've seen that with quarterbacks throughout the years. And when you see him, and sometimes it works out 
where they go to a system that helps helps them out. Like um, who was a quarterback from San Francisco that went to Kansas City? Smith. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And you know Harbaugh helped him, and then Kansas City just you know put him in that position, and you know he he did his thing. But very rarely it happens, but it's very rare. And I just think that you know this is one of those. Tua is just not it, man. I mean, you look at what he does, and you know they. And again, they they it's the uh, Mahomes effect. They thought they're getting somebody like a Patrick Mahomes, somebody that could help them do that kind of thing. But you know, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn, man. You know, you don't you don't just don't get them. They don't just don't. You can't draft them every every decade, you know. And I think Gene, that's a great point because hear me out here. I actually think. Patrick Mahomes is great for the game of football, but he's terrible for teams that want to draft QBs every year because instead of these teams making sound sound decisions, they're going to be doing awful, stupid. Look at what the 49ers did for Trey. And I was a Trey Lance guy coming out of college. But you don't give up all these picks to move up for a guy like that. If you want to take him in the first round, fine. But you don't move up for him. You don't do that. Now this year, you're seeing, and nothing against any of these guys, these could be three all-pro Hall of Famers for all I know, but you're seeing one, two, three mocked quarterback, quarterback, quarterback? Uh Are you kidding me? You're telling me there's not better college football players coming out. I find that hard to believe, but as Gene alluded to, Patrick Mahomes has people think, hey, two is the next guy, or, you know, Justin Fields, the next guy. Tyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray, you know, and now I'm afraid a lot of people fell into that trap with Bryce Young. And now, don't get me wrong, I think Caleb Williams could be a good NFL quarterback, but to me, everybody is overhyping him. I'd rather have Jaden Daniels myself. I think Jaden Daniels will be a better NFL player to me at a better college year last year, and he has better intangibles. But we could have a whole episode on that, but everybody is trying to find the next – um patrick mahomes and i think yep. that's a great point by yeah and, and it, 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 that's what i call it the patrick mahomes effect and i mean you saw the cardinals they flipped their they flipped their coaching staff to get kyler murray and get somebody there to coach him just because kingsbury coached mahomes and college they they mentally w- word salad themselves into creating this this thing and and now they're like I, I I think Kyler Murray's coming coming into his own, but you know I always say check up from the neck up. I just mentally this guy, I don't know I just don't see him leading a team to the Super Bowl. No, I don't think so either. I mean, anytime you got to question video game, like don't get me wrong, play your video games, whatever. But when you're making NFL type money and you got to question your commitment to playing video games or studying a playbook for Kyler Murray, I'm speaking about. That's concerned. And now Caleb Williams coming in, people are questioning his ethic based on how much he actually loves the game, things like that. That never bodes well. And to me, where there's smoke, there's fire. I heard an ex-Jet. Now, again, it's an ex-Jet, so take it how you want it. But an ex-Jet scout the other day, he came out and said, now it's a wide spectrum, but he said he put Caleb Williams more towards Johnny Manziel than Patrick Mahomes. If he had to just take, now that's a stark comparison, but... That was his word. So um, it's epic, and to me, Mahomes great for the game of football, terrible for those teams that always need a quarterback. J-Lo, 
Thoughts on this comment quick before we get to our throwback GM cap game. Harrison will go top three. I thought that was a shoe-in as well, but now I just don't see it. It really seems like there's no path outside the quarterbacks going one, two, three. No, that's what it's looking like. I mean, Caleb Williams, to me, I think he's the third best quarterback in the draft. I think Daniels is one, in my opinion. And I think Drake May's number two, if you want to get real about it. You know, like we talked about, I think, recently, you and I, you know, we think it would be a mistake for the Bears to trade Fields and draft Williams. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it, it's up in the air. You never know who, how good they're really going to be and what situation. I feel Mahomes, like you said, Gene, he was a unicorn, just a random quarterback, came out of nowhere that just is so successful. Yep. But, yeah, you got teams that want to trade up, fire their coaches for a different quarterback. Yep. And now we're starting to see that. And luckily, we got a GM that doesn't like drafting quarterbacks. To me, I feel like he doesn't. I feel like maybe he learned his lesson from Jameis Winston and Kyle Trask. So it's like, okay, yeah. what am I doing? But at the end of the day, I feel like Williams will be an average quarterback. I don't see him being a superstar. I just see him being an average quarterback, probably go to two or three teams before he really figures out what he really wants to do. Um. But some of these scouts, you know, they'll go out there and try to compare and all that stuff, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's all on the GMs that do the drafting and put it together. And We're all either going to sound really smart or really dumb in a couple of years, and that's the best part. I'm going to tell you right now, Fields, I think Fields is going to have a bounce-back year. They get him some. If they get him some weapons, I think he's going to have a bounce-back year. I think he's got the confidence now uh, just from watching him in the back end of this season. Uh, I think he's somebody to keep an eye on and uh, whoever, where, if he stays in Chicago, yeah, good for them. I mean, if he goes wherever he goes, he's going to be that guy if he's in the right system. But um, again, I mean, he's, he's suffered the worst of it and just watching him bounce back at the back end of the season. uh, I was happy to say, I told you so to a lot of people and I hope he can continue that consistency. If I'm Fields, I would love to go to Pittsburgh or Atlanta, you know. I know he's from Atlanta, but if I'm Fields, I would love to go to Pittsburgh. They're set up to win. No, but, you know, I I think if I'm Fields, I'd go to Pittsburgh if I had a choice. I You know, I know they just drafted Kenny Pickett a couple years back, but maybe – yeah, maybe you could do something with that. But if Fields goes to Pittsburgh, they have the run game between Warren and Harris and then Fields you would mix in. They have some good weapons with Pat Fryermuth at tight end, some good wide receivers. And they have Mike Tomlin and a competent defense to maybe put him over the top. Speaking of defense, we're going to get into our GM cap game real quick. But anyone have any last comments on that convo before we kind of turn the page? Fields could stay away from Atlanta. Because that's what scares me. He goes to Atlanta. I think he's going to He's going to I, do I don't think Atlanta – like, don't get me wrong. Not a knock on Raheem Morris, but I'm just never – you know, I don't know if it's just my biasness or what, but I'm never afraid that, like, the Falcons are going to develop somebody properly. Look at Kyle Pitts. Look at Kelvin Ridley. Look at, you know, a couple other guys. Look at B. John Robinson's usage last year. And I know these have been other head coaches all along the way, but – Good grief. The Falcons always get, like, the next best thing handed to their doorstep, and they always find a way to either, A, do nothing with the prod product, or, B, uh, you know, kind of kill a good draft pick. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with I'm, I'm with J Lo here. I do not want him going to Atlanta. Uh, they can stay in the basement where they belong. Uh, I liked it better when the fan base was embarrassed after that loss in the Super Bowl. It's been really enjoyable and pleasant not to have <laughs> to deal with them urchins around here. So I'm good with that. Let's leave. Let's not bring up any feels to Atlanta kind of talk. Let them do what they're doing. Um, and you know, on the on the flip side of that. I hate that Raheem Morris is going to Atlanta. Uh, my arch enemies uh, next to Dallas and Atlanta, they're two, two teams. They're interchangeable, basically. I hate them both the same, but I do like Raheem Morris. I think that it's long overdue for him to get a head coaching position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to say anything nice. Yeah, last thing, I think he it is long overdue. I swear I hate Atlanta. Them scumbags going all the way back to when that Tampa first came into the division. It, everybody talks about the Saints, and I'm like, oh, the Saints, that's a walk in the park. You had to deal with that jackass uh, Roddy White and all those clowns mm. that were running their mouth for, for years. Mike Jenkins, I remember. Yeah. T.J. Duckett. <laughs> Cookie Head Jenkins and T.J. Duck Butter and all those jerks. L.G. Man. Crumpler. Yeah. I hate that. Even boy, Tony man. Gonzalez. I like Tony Gonzalez until he came to Atlanta. Tony Gonzalez. And then the hatred just started, man. It just brewed. And and now you know, I see people, I'm serious, and they're like, oh, I hate the Saints. No, you have no idea what hatred is. Saints are walking the park. You can deal with them guys. But Atlanta, those delusional fools, they can stay right where they're at in the basement. I hate them and care. I, well, we could get a whole hate episode in, but I will say <laughs> <Yeah>. this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you, man. But I love it. I, I love the, the blank T-shirt that says, you know, I, the meme I have that says the, Atlanta Super Bowl t-shirt and it's a blank t-shirt. Send it to them fools all the time, man, because I hate them. I'm serious. I hate them. I, I do hate I just wish Raheem went anywhere, but now fuck him, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I wish he would have went to anywhere else. Just like Jameis, just like all these guys. But I will say Raheem long overdue for a chance. He was the interim coach in Atlanta a couple of years ago, got him to respectable status again after like a 0 and 7 start to the year but fuck them we're done talking about the falcons for now sorry but um you know just bad juju speaking of juju juju smith schuster no i'm kidding <laughs> i was waiting to see where you were going with that one there <laughs> i don't really i don't really got anything good about the tiktok god to say at this time but hey maybe uh, we'll maybe he'll be a falcon um, <laughs> Bud says Saints really ground my gear. So does every NFC South team, you know. But as Gene said, Falcons take the front cake. We are going to play cap game quick. And I set it up today, fellas, as it's a throwback, right. throwback Thursday. I, I put some throwback in it. And we're going to do it with only defenders in Bucks history. We're going to do offense a la- later time. A couple recent Bucks as well, guys still on the team. But it's a whole mix of guys throughout. The franchise all the way from the 70s to modern day. We up the limit. You get $14 as a general manager this time. So you're balling on a budget, but you do get four more dollars. And we added in um, guys in other tiers as well. So Gene, we'll start with you here. General manager Gene, you're looking at your all-time bucks list. You have $14 to spend. The following players are in the following price range. And once again, you can't go a dollar over fourteen. Stun on Monday. Tried to spend eleven. I'm like, you can't spend eleven. That's not how this game works. Because that's the point of it. 
Yeah, you know, better on his ass from that one. <laughs> yeah, then he tried to get Will Golston for fifty cents. You know, a whole complicated thing, but you can't go over fourteen dollars. Gene, you're on the clock. General Manager Gene, the four dollar tier is Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, two first ballot Hall of Famers. Mm. The three dollar tier is our other Hall of Famers, Leroy Selman, Rondé Barber, and John Lynch. Then you look to the $2 tier, and you got borderline Hall of Famers, Simeon Rice, Hardy Nickerson, and Levante David. And then you look to the $1 tier, and you got Shaq Barrett, Booger McFarland, Shelton Corals, and Super Bowl MVP, just because he was our Super Bowl MVP, Dexter Jackson. Gene, you got $14 to spend. Again, $4, Sapp and Brooks. $3, Salmon, Barber, Lynch. $2, Levante, Hardy, and Simeon. $1, DJX, Booger, Shaq, and Shelton Corals. How are you spending your $14, General Manager G? Okay, so Sap for $4. Salmon at $3. Simeon Rice is $2, right? Yes, sir. So you're at... Nine right there. I'm at nine, huh? You still got a pretty good coin left. Uh, let me get, and Levante was at what price? $2. Yeah, let me get Levante at $2. Yes, sir. So you got three remaining. You're building quite the team. And uh, how much was Rondé? Rondé was three. And how much do I have? Yep, I believe you have three left. So yeah, let me get let me go ahead and get Rondé. So Gene's team for 14, you got Warren Sapp for four. You got Leroy Selman, which puts you at seven. Then you get Rondé, which puts you at ten. Then you get Levante and Simeon Rice. That's a hell of a team for the $14 right there. Hard to argue any choices there. This is why it's fun though. Because you got to leave legends out, or, or bet you know, last week when we did it, you got to leave viable free agents out. It's more to be a brain bust fun thing and really continue good bucks talk. Uh, JLo, are you different than Gene? Once again, a reminder you get $14, general manager JLo. Your $4 options are Sap and Brooks, your $3 are Selman, Barber, and Lynch, your $2 are Levante David. Hardy Nickerson and Simeon Rice, and your one dollars are DJX, Booger McFarlane, Shaq Barrett, and Shelton Corals. Gene went Sap, Salmon, Barber, Levante, and Simeon. That's pretty similar. I say give me Sap because you know you need that trash talk, and that's what he did on the field, trash talking, getting QB's heads, which I loved. And then who? <clears throat> and then give me Leroy Salmon. He's a legend. You know one of the probably the best pass rusher we had in Tampa Bay history, in my opinion, even though I wasn't around when he was playing. Um, then who were the $2? Um, Levante, Hardy Nickerson, Simeon Rice were all $2 options. Yeah, you got to give me Simeon. I like that combination. Simeon and um, Leroy Salmon. So I'm copying you right now, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> That's all but, but But and then who was the $1? You get DJX, Booger, Shaq, or Corals. You still have, you've only spent seven, you've only spent $9 so far. You still have $5 remaining. 
No, give me Brooks with that four dollars. Add Brooks in there. Let me get Brooks and Lynch combo <clears throat> with Hardy and Simeon. And then what and then who are the one dollars one more time? Tone? You, DJ Dexter Jackson, Booger McFarlane, Shaq Barrett, and Shelton Quarles. No, give me Sean Quarles. I've been a fan of Sean Quarles. Yeah. Put him in the middle. He was a he was very underrated when he played in his day, especially when he was on the O two defense. Even he even got a pit sitzer on the Bengals. So give me give me Sean Q. And then he's a loophole because after he's oh. done playing, you could get him in your front office and he could be uh, part of your <laughs> office. Bada, bada, bada mean bada boom. See, it's how I roll. You know, and he's a great guy. I've met him a couple of times. I've yeah, met him yeah. out in Indianapolis before Bucks Colts a couple of years back. He was very nice. Came up to me, um, you know, showed me his Super Bowl rings, a lot of cool stuff. And then um, I met him pregame at, before another Bucks Colts game in the hotel lobby. So you guys differentiate in two things. JLo, you traded Shelton Corals and Derek Brooks for Jeans, Rondé Barber and Levante David really can't go wrong either way. There's some dynamic pairs in the house right there. I'm going to go with, man, this is tough. $14. It's like, ugh, want to get all you had more money on there. <laughs> <laughs> want to get all these guys, but you know, we know how that goes. I'm going to get Warren Sapp. I, I, you can't argue with that. I'm going to go Derek Brooks. I'm coming out of the gate swinging, spending each of the $4 slots. So I'm at eight. I only got six left. I'm going to go with Simeon Rice. Puts me at $4. Give me Shaq Barrett across from Simeon. Give me Shaq Barrett, Simeon Rice. You know, uh, as much as I love Leroy Selman, just give me Shaq's a little cheaper. So I got four, eight. Nine, I got $3 left. Mm, you know what? I'll be the one to take him. Give me John Lynch. There you I'll, go. I'll take that safety back there. So I'm rolling with Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Simeon Rice, and Shaq Barrett. You really can't go wrong with any of these. The only guys to go unpurchased were... Dexter Jackson, Booger McFarlane, and Hardy Nickerson. Um, still some great players or yeah. fellas. Out of those three, Gene, who, who uh, was your favorite amongst the times? Hardy Nickerson. Um, at the time, he was uh, he was one of the bright spots for the Buccaneers. And he's a guy that, you know, you you were excited to go to the game to see him play. And just he came in and he he left it all on the field every every game. Uh, he's somebody I really enjoyed watching, you know, when I could, you know, going to games, going to games with my uncle. I mean, it was a lot of fun to get to see him play. So, uh, he was, he was probably, you know, one of those players that is very, was very underrated for his time with, uh, the Buccaneers. And I don't know how he's not in our ring of honor, to be honest, but we, we're, we're going to have a ring of honor episode one day. That'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to construct our own ring of honors as a collective bucketeers, we're all going to induct a couple of guys and that'll be really cool. I think, and see, Hey, this is a bucketeers ring of honor, include coaches, players, all that fun stuff. But I agree with you there. I think, you know, Hardy Nickerson was incredible. I don't think he gets the love he deserves. I think he was a hell of a talent. I think he should be 
in the ROH. And he actually had some good years as a coach, too, with the Chicago Bears, with the Buccaneers, with the 49ers, with the University of Illinois. Two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, the Wizard White NFL Man of the Year, 90s All-Decades team. I mean, not much he didn't do. Sadly, he was one of those guys who fell just short of winning a Super Bowl here by a couple of seasons. But that's what happens when you win Super Bowls. J-Lo, I'll leave it up to you. We're going to give all these guys their love. Uh, you want to talk about Dexter Jackson or Booger McFarland before we get to our trade-up, trade-down draft game? It's a tough one, you know, because um, they were both, you know. Just pick one to honor and highlight, brother. And then I get the last. I'll go and take Dexter Jackson. You know, he had some flashes, getting some getting some interceptions. But there was time where he got beat downfield, got juked out of his shoes a couple times. You know, but he did help us win a Super Bowl, you know, by getting two pitch, you know, as John Lynch told him to go. John Lynch promised the rest of us to say, hey, you know, this is what you want to do. And he and he got two interceptions. You know, but then he was, like, back and forth on teams, going with the Cardinals, came back, and then he went to the Bengals to finish his career, I believe. I don't think he played anywhere else after Chicago, um, Cincinnati. Say again, Gene? I think he came back to Tampa. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, but he, but he's a Bucks fan at heart. You know, he, he's a, he's a bit supporter of the Bucks since he's been retired watching them. So I show love for him. Absolutely. And I'll show it for Big Booger. Then I'm a Booger fan. He's won two Super Bowls, one with the Bucks, one with Tony Dungy and the Colts. So mad respect there. And not only did he help the Bucks to his Super Bowl, he spent seven years on the Bucks. That's a long time for a defensive tackle. And he netted us a second round draft pick when um, the Colts did trade for him. So on top of winning a Super Bowl, on top of being productive for seven seasons with us, then he did net us a second-round pick as well. And Booger was a cool dude, really helped reform and revamp, well, um, you know, keep reforming that defense under Tony Dungy and then help bring in a Super Bowl here. Uh, And he had 305 tackles, 20 sacks, and a lot of good stuff. And he was actually traded mid-season to the Colts. So he technically had eight, I'll, I'll call it seven-plus years with the Bucks, technically eight. But Booger McFarlane, really a guy who was a rung-clogger in that middle. That was what was special. Yeah. You had Warren Sapp next to him, the bull rusher, the guy who's going to get after the quarterback, the guy who's going to bring the nasty. Then you had Booger, kind of your prototypical, what you thought of a defensive tackle, the big man just to clog the middle and, like, take two defenders out at a time, really give defenses hard times. But not only that, he would really open up lanes for Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks, and the likes of all of those guys to get after the passer. I don't know if those guys have the success they do if it wasn't for uh, Booger McFarlane. You know, I don't know if those guys could get after it as such. And we had James Canada, former Bucks and Colts, ironically enough, defense alignment on the program last year and he said booger was a real good teammate and spoke very highly of booger as well so um although hardy nickerson booger mcfarland or dexter jackson didn't get bought in the game they're not forgotten we love those guys we just only have so much money to spend um as tempe says roh to me much love for booger that's you know i mean hey you can make the case for any of the guys from this game speaking of game the nfl draft it's not really like a game but we're gonna make a game of it here on the bucketeers and you guys are tuned into the bucketeers we got a little bit of time left here a couple segments left 
We're going to play our trade up, trade down draft game in case you missed it. Be on the lookout for the replay on YouTube, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. We did Gene's Hot Seat Challenge tonight. J-Lo stepped into the ring on that. We talked about her new aligned coaching staff. We talked about throwback defenses with the Bucks. So really give it a listen. You will not regret it when it's available after the program. But, Gene, I want to start with you here. Say you can't stay still in this year's draft. You know, we're later 20s right now. I believe we're pick uh, 26 to be exact, I want to say. in this 26, up- yeah. That's correct. Yep, in this upcoming draft. So a little bit worse than last year when we got Kalijah Canty. But when you win a playoff game, that's what happens. So pick 26, Gene. You could only do one of the two. Your general manager, Gene, again, we're going to put the GM cap on. You can't stay at your spot. You can only trade up or trade down. You stay in the first round regardless. So if you trade down, it's not like the Logan Hall situation where you're trading to night two, trade into pick 33. You're either going to fall back behind 26 but stay in round one, or you're going to jump up and stay in round one. If you're the GM of the Bucks, what would you do? Accumulate draft picks and fall back? or shell a couple of draft picks to move up? Um, I would personally, I would trade down. I would I would go back. And, uh, you know, with the general manager and the talent evaluation, um, over the years, you look at the players like uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., Kalijah Kansi, as you mentioned, players that, you know, nobody, people overlook, and they were right there, and, you know, Tampa's taking advantage of that. So, yeah, I would definitely trade down. That would give me more picks. And uh, that would give me a little bit more to work with. Maybe I could combine some picks in the later rounds to get somebody and move back up into like third or fourth round and get somebody else that's, you know, you didn't think was would be available on your draft board. So I, at this point right here, there's nobody that would be available that I can think of that would be available that the Bucks would want to break the bank to go get. But I could see them taking some of those, taking that, draft capital and making some moves in the later rounds and they did that a couple years back when they did trade out around one got logan hall but then they seen guys like kate and zion mccollum still available to go up and get those sort of guys so jason light's done incredible at that and he's had some success doing both right trading up trading down staying put he's really done it all um i remember he traded up for Tristan Wurms, and that obviously worked real well. And then there's examples where he traded back. And to me, I know a lot, like, he didn't have the greatest of years, sure, but I think Logan Hall is still progressing, so I'll be interested to see how his year three, Gene is rolling his eyes. We'll save that for a rainy day, the Logan Hall talk. But, J-Lo, are you a Gene and uh, Bud, or commenter, in trading down, or would you trade up? Or Tempe agrees with Bud and Gene as well. Yeah, I say trade down. I like stocking up my draft picks, building up a fifth and sixth rounder if we trade not very far back. Because I believe we're missing a sixth rounder, I think, and a fifth rounder. Yeah, we're missing a fifth and a sixth. So I say you go with trading back and try to build much draft picks possible, try to get maybe a fourth or a fifth rounder. Because um, there's there's so much talent in this draft, and and if anybody's good at drafting, it's Jason Light. He'll have his duds here. And Bucks there. have their six, by the way. They just don't oh, have do. their fifth, but they my do bad. have w- round one pick twenty six, round two pick fifty seven, round three pick eighty nine, round four pick one twenty five, round six pick two hundred two, round seven pick two forty three. 
Okay, my bad. So, well, I'm missing a fifth round, which to me is a is a good pick if you can you can find a good player in that round or any of the rounds really. But to me, if I go with my gut, I say trade back. And then oh, they got two sevens. Oh, okay. So it's one, two, three, four. They're missing a fifth, six, and then they have two sevens. Oh, okay. That I remember they had to trade a fifth to trade up last year's draft. Yeah. I remember that for Trey Palmer. For Trey Palmer. And then I think they traded over Payne Durham too. Didn't they trade for Payne Durham as well? I believe, I believe so. I know there was two. I think two they of traded those. up for Payne Durham. Mm. They always make many trade ups. I feel like Jason Light. He's never huge on trading up like immensely. But yeah, as Gene said, um, they are projected to have an extra seven. So I guess that second seventh would be if they're awarded it for comp picks. It looks like they're supposed to be awarded it. Nothing official yet, but that would slot right around 255. And I guess, really, then, you could pair, like, one of those sevenths and the sixth that maybe move up into round five and, there you go. You know, wiggle your way into that and maybe get a guy like a Co'Keefe or a Painter. Not a tight end, obviously, but someone useful as such. I would – man, it's really tough because the Bucks are at 26. There's still going to be a lot of options there, but – they really want an interior offense alignment to make a difference, and there's three really good ones, in my opinion. And to me, interior alignment are overlooked in the draft. They're not a position of need in the draft. In a lot of drafts, everybody wants to tackle bookends on the O-line. So I think one of those three falls to pick 26, but I think the Bucks trade back in this situation. If I could only pick trade up or trade back, I think they trade back and – the mindset of we could get one of those interior offense alignments, whether it's a Frazier, whether it's the Oregon kid, whether it's one of the other top ones. Whereas if they trade up, sure, maybe they'll get a good guy. But look, Kalijah Kansi fell right in their laps last season. It could very well so happen in the offensive trenches again this year. And it's really going to be incredible to see what happens. JLo, any, uh, Final words on the subject or final word uh, for the pod all night. It's been a fun one. A lot of good stuff to talk about. And uh, it's always good talking off-season ball with the fellas. Yeah, I mean, I, I like all three of the linemen you're describing. I believe you're talking about JPJ from um, Oregon. And then the gentleman from Duke. No, wait, is it Duke? Yeah, from Duke. The tackle moving to guard. I think it's Barton, if I'm not mistaken. Or Burton, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's another one I like as well. So... I mean, it's guys a limit. I mean, I'll take any one of those three at 26 if they were to fall because I think edge rushing is going to be gone. I feel like all the good ones. There's going to be a couple of good corners I think that could fall. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to end up keeping both our corners. I think they'll probably work Carlton's deal to keep him here just because Bowles loves him and he's a syst- and he's in the ball system guy. So I just don't see him, you know, being gone. So I say definitely in the trenches. Or, God forbid, Mike leaves and receiver will be my next choice if that's the case. But right now, I say you got to go in the trenches. You got you to, gotta, you know, solidify that offensive line by either getting a center or drafting a guard, one or the other. So it'll be interesting how free agency goes if we go pick up a veteran center, an upgrade at Robert the Rob Hainsey. I think Hainsey's a good, you know, step in guy. God forbid, if an injury goes down, Callan Jensen. It's but time that's, pay- that's, 
Is Tempe saying I'm going to rewatch this? Matt, I missed most of this. Got stuff in traffic on the way home. That's what the replay's for. No worries there. Thanks for tuning in. We thank you so much and commenting as well. Gene, uh, any final words for either Tempe or just the show in general? It was a fun one for Thursday. Yeah, it, it, this, this really has been a fun show. And I want people to keep in mind, um, don't just look at the big schools. We know Jason Light is not afraid to look at players like Ali Marpet or Cody Mock, or players like that that went to Alex Kappa. Schools. Alex Kappa. Players that went to smaller schools, but they produced. And, and again, I can't stress this enough, having a talent evaluator in general as a general manager or, or on that staff that you have trust in that can really produce. Because if you think about this year, the beginning of, the, of this last season, the offensive line was a question. But as they continue to grow and gel, that stopped being a question. There were other parts of the team that you were like, oh, man, well, you know, we I forgot about the offensive line, but there are other parts of the team that you're a lot more worried about. I felt like this offensive line did what they needed to do. Um, they weren't as dominant as had they have been in the past, but this is where your, your free agency and uh, your draft where you can come in and, and find these these hidden gems, and we've seen that. Um, I look at Izzy and um, an undrafted free agent that came in and, you know, he made a lot of big plays for the Bucks. I, I just believe that, you know, with Todd Bowles getting his, his crew in there, I believe that this won't be a problem. And I think both, both sides of the trenches will continue to be addressed as we continue in, in, in years to come. Yeah, I agree with that. And we really build well off the trenches and really seem to form our formidable teams when we do build off the trenches. Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, and those types for our Super Bowl run. And we brought in, you know, while well, we had Will Golston forever as well, but really built the front solid front in the trenches over there. Then we brought in Ryan Jensen, drafted Tristan Wirfs as uh, Gene alluded to. You draft a guy like Ali Marpet. We had Alex Kappa. Oh, Aaron Stinney was a backup. Very good stuff from the trenches, and that's how this team is built for success. Um, and really, even our Super Bowl season defensively in 2002-2003, you're definitely not winning that Super Bowl without that defensive trench we had with the Warren Sapp, with the uh, you know Simeon Rice, Booger McFarlands of the world. You're not going to get to the next level without those types of playmakers in the trenches. So I couldn't agree more. I think we're going to continue to see the trenches getting built, and I think you're going to continue to see a lot of good stuff from Jason Light in the front office to continue the success in the future. J-Lo, last thought, last word for the program, brother. No, great show, fellas. It was fun talking about football with y'all, man. And Oh, Yaya Diaby. Shout out to Yaya Diaby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Diaby. The word of Scott Reynolds. But, yeah, I mean, you know, all the commenters, thank you for watching. And, and Tempe, thank you for going to be watching. Like I said, we appreciate all the love and support y'all guys do for all of us in the room here. And God bless every one of y'all, man. You know, stay safe and go Bucks. Yeah, as Tempe says, I'm looking forward to this all offseason. Great group. How can I help grow the community? I'm not on social watching, media. Man. 
yeah, just keep watching. That helps enough. Hit the like button. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell on for both Buck What You Heard, Bucketeers. You can catch us anywhere. Keep commenting. Keep chiming in with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're not like one of those shows that says, oh, we're only going to post your comment if you donate $10, please. No, <laughs> we're going to post your comment regardless. We're going to go over it, and we're going to give you what you want to hear unless we talked about it on the pod already but tempe just keep tuning in keep liking our stuff and that's what you can do we appreciate it and keep spreading the word if people ask about you gene final thought brother another week another thursday with gene on the hot yeah. seat challenge man this is fun this is what i envision doing you know collabing with you guys great content i mean you guys are are fun to talk to and you know again i look forward to this this time is therapeutic you know considering we don't have a lot going on in the off season and it gets kind of testy in um social media land when the off season's there fights come up all the time but it's nice to have a safe place to go and hang out and talk about football and as jeans shirt says boots to asses to the falcons i'm tired of you know rock, rock right here buddy Yep, Team Rock. The Rock's a legend, you know. At first, I was more on the Cody Crybaby side, but now I'm on the Rock (laughs) side. Enough's enough. And, you know, the Rock says, it doesn't matter what you think, right? So, let's go. I love the shirt, though, Gene. And Bud says, let's bake. Let's fucking bake all day, baby. I want to hear... Baker Mayfield re-signs tomorrow. No, you know. Oh, oh, one, one, one quick thing. I almost forgot. I want to apologize to Todd Bowles and to Baker Mayfield. I was wrong. This is the this is the book which you heard apology tour. I was wrong, and I'm I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. Yeah, and you're gonna hear that all the time here, folks. Yep. When we're wrong, we're not afraid to admit it. Um, I you know when Baker was first brought in, I was like really, but then I think the next day I already had his shirt ordered. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> when when you're when you get signed by my team. I want to ride for you. I want to run through a wall from you. But when you're on the other side, eh, oftentimes yeah, not, so, not much. so much. Oh, Jinx. Gene, you owe me a, uh, a beer? drink, a kid soda at the next Bucks game we hang out at. <laughs> All right, man. You got it. All right. But brothers, Gene, brother J-Lo, it's been awesome. Stunno is in the building. I think he's at six on six now helping coach a youth. So that's incredible. Then on behalf of Huncho, Bucko, Cats, and stun or uh, you know who else gonna make it but we're the wolf pack we're the bucketeers we oh. love it buck said i was on the fence but he has me sold there we go great show guys thank you christopher we appreciate all the love though everybody bucketeers is out before i make you guys listen for another 30 40 seconds of just blabbering on and blabbering on but um I did have the intro fall through momentarily, but that should be up in the coming episodes. Just be on the lookout, and we'll have a new intro here soon. And it won't be stun a rap, and I promise you that. But <laughs> on behalf of Gene, on behalf of JLo and Tampa Tones, it's been an awesome bucket tears. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the damn cannons. Tones Decker off. Until next time, fellas, have a great Thursday, gents. Sunday, man. You-
I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Meat Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs> 